Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Jewish Reaction, presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network at NachumSiegel.com. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yacha, and I'm very excited about the show that we're going to have this week, which will double up uh, together with next week as well. Uh, we've been talking about this for a couple of months now, and together with Nachum Siegel and J.M. and the AIM have been trying to uh, prepare and get ready for it. I'm very excited that it has worked out, and we've all been able to come together to have this what I've been calling a roundtable discussion, um, really to discuss uh, a relatively uh, frontal issue, concern, worry um, that is within the broad Jewish community right now. And, of course, I speak about the singles situation, the singles crisis, the singles um, happening or whatever it is that you personally or you your community likes to refer to it as. And I'm very excited about the people that we have joining us today. Just to run through and introduce everybody briefly, uh, we have Rebetzin Judy Steinig, who is the Associate Director of Community Services here at the OU and the Rebetzin at the Young Israel of Bayside. We have Mindy Eisenman, who is a staff connector for YU Connects and is also an adjunct professor at Stern College for Women. We have Mark Goldman, who is the founder of Soyu at Sinai, and Derek Saker, who is the founding co-partner of Frumster, which has become now uh, JWIT. So first of all, welcome to everybody for joining us, and thank you so much. Uh, maybe before we actually get into the topic, let's just I want to go around and let everybody try to sort of introduce themselves and give a short introduction to their involvement within uh, the singles setup and the singles community and Shadchanim and setting people up. Uh, let's start with Rebetzin Steinig. Okay. Thank you so much, Ellie. It's always wonderful to be here. Um, and I want to thank our, our guests who are calling in, who are good friends and colleagues. Um, as uh, Ellie said, I'm Associate Director of Community Services here at the OU, and in addition to being a Rebetzin at Young Israel of Bayside. I've been here at the OU for exactly one year, uh, this past this past Friday. Uh, before that, uh, for 16 years, I worked at National Council of Young Israel, doing many similar things. Where right there, I got my first experience working with singles and partnering with the varying people that we have here on the show today on different types of events. Um, and that's where, as I said, I worked with singles, did lots of uh, shit-off programs, conferences, and all that sort of thing. Um, and that's where I began to see what was going on and continuing it here at the OU doing various programs here for singles. Excellent. And Mindy? Hi, Ellie. Thank you so much for having me. Um, as far as we know... Why You Connect is the only organization with an in-person office where people can come and meet with us regarding different stages of their relationship. We also have workshops for the matchmakers, for singles, for parents. Uh, we even have a singles advisory group, which helps us alert, which alerts us to different sensitivities and nuances that are going on. Um, I personally am the main matchmaker. Um, I work full time. I meet with people. I try and use the site to facilitate matches. Um, I'm very hands-on. I'm always available, and uh, I really love what I do. Fabulous. And Derek. So, um, hi, Elia. I appreciate you having us on. 
So I represent uh, Frimster, what is now uh, JWED, and we were the uh, preeminent, and we still are, I would say, the preeminent. We were the first, uh, probably one of the first and uh, successful, actually, um, orthodox portals out there, whatever the service, but uh, we obviously happen to be in the dating industry. Uh, but we've been around uh, since uh, 2001. Uh, thank God we've had nearly uh, two and a half uh, thousand people married through the service. We average about four weddings a week. And uh, I would say that actually one of the challenges that we interestingly have today is that is the success in itself, in that um, there are now so many Jewish singles looking to get married who are online um, that you have a mass of people, which for, which for some uh, can create and, and is seen to be um, more of a problem. And the whole focus of, of Frimster and JWED um, is at the very least not to mimic the many challenges that uh, Jewish singles have offline. So that will be, uh, I guess, part of the discussion that we'll have later. But uh, appreciate you having us on. Ah, pleasure. And let's finish up with Mark. Hi, Elegant. Uh, thanks for having us all on the call. We're uh, we're excited about uh, today's call as well. Um, I started saw you at Sinai about actually with uh, about with my partner about a decade ago. It started in 2004. So I guess relatively uh, old but new, depending on which, which side you want to look at. So we've been around for the past decade. We just had our 10-year anniversary. Over the past 10 years, we've had over 2,300 people that have gotten engaged to the site. Um, it uses uh, live matchmakers to combine with the online system to hopefully give a personalized approach, but also the advantages of the Internet. Um, so combining technology with matchmakers. I myself was single when I launched the site, was single for about 10 years um, looking for somebody. So I guess I had the experience both on the, the side of being someone that was looking as well as uh, having now created a successful site that has helped so many people over the past decade. I think first, just, just to start and to reiterate again, I think all the work that all of you are doing is absolutely tremendous, is necessary, is required, and we really need it more and more as of going forward. Um, and I guess my first question to the panel is going to be, do, is there a singles situation or a singles crisis as some people refer to it? Does it exist or are we as the community making more out of it than it should be? And let's, let's continue with Mark, who was just uh, finishing off. So as far as a quote-unquote singles crisis, um, to generalize it as a whole, I always feel is very unfair. Uh, and the reason why I say this, again, I'll look for my own personal case, and I'll describe, uh, on the other hand, another case of, of an article I recently read about somebody who's, who had challenges. My own personal case, although I was single for 10 years, I was not looking for 10 years. I didn't feel the, uh, the personal, um, I guess, urgency that I must, you know, at the age of 21 years old, start looking 22 years old. But there were friends of mine that were looking for quite a bit of time. And so if you look on a case-by-case -case basis, the, the, the crisis exists when somebody is, in fact, looking for year after year, and it goes into decade and time plus. And for, for an individual basis, yes, there are definitely challenges. And, and you'll find many people out there today that are very fulfilled and, and uh, doing a lot of other things in their life, and they not, might not be ready for maturity-wise or from a perspective on their life to, to, to settle down. But when there are many people that, in fact, are looking and uh, feel overwhelmed by the whole process, whether it's looking online or offline, and, you know, go to a wedding and rather than feeling the tremendous simcha and success are, are very much, you know, looking around saying, who can I ask to try to set me up immediately, then that causes a, a tremendous uh, problem. And one, one description I gave that someone had come over, a, a woman who all of 24 years old, 
in more of a, uh, a yeshivish Haredi uh, type of community, and she was, uh, you know, had tears rolling down her cheeks and uh, asked that, you know, is there anyone her type at that the wedding that she possibly set up with? Well, that's a, that's a crisis if someone at the age of 24 is is feeling that overwhelmed and that um, that necessity that they they, they feel that uh, they're in a crisis mode. So, for, yes, for certain people, they definitely are in a crisis mode. Uh, but I think also to generalize um, to everyone as a whole might be uh, might be unfair as well because that that classifies many people who don't feel they are at a crisis mode from uh, from feeling that they're happy where they are today. So I think each case has to be taken on a case by case basis. But yes, there are many people out today that do feel a challenge. Robinson Steinig. Yeah, thank you. Um, many years ago, when I first got involved, this was in 2001, before other groups were doing organization, organizational work uh, on behalf of singles, I had started a, a conference called Tackling the Shut-Off <coughs> Emergency. So I kind of labeled it at that point. Uh, many people said, oh, you're right on target. It was for everybody in the community. But what I learned from that, number one, was that many singles were very upset calling it an emergency. I said, I'm not calling you an emergency, was the situation. <laughs> but I think that we... We kind of relabeled it later, just saying that we're having events, not calling it emergency, not calling it a crisis, because I think too much drama has been brought into it. Yes, I would say when anybody has been looking for a long time and can't find it, it's, it, it's very upsetting. It's, a, it's certainly a challenge. But And I, I think we have to, before we start talking about crises and emergencies, we have to decide what we're talking about. When it's a, and I definitely agree with Mark, when it's a young woman, and I think 24 is a very young woman, already upset because different groups are labeling her in publications as, I hate the word, older girl. She's an older girl. And when we start labeling people to, at a young age, that definitely feeds into the crisis. When a mother calls me that her daughter is coming back from seminary, and instead of thinking, oh, that's wonderful, I'm going to get to see my daughter again, it's, oh, my gosh, she's going to enter Shaduchim, and now what am I going to do? She calls me, I'll say, well, if she's coming back from seminary, put her in college and don't think about it. You know, I think that we have put more into it to create the crisis, and I think that is the problem. That's very interesting. Uh, Derek, Derek Sager from JWIT. Um, yeah, you know, I, I would say that... Uh, <clears throat> That the current situation is 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 uh, that the litmus test of any community and particularly our community can very much be ascertained from the crisis within the within the singles world, um, and I think that the, uh, that the health of the community um, is reflective of this, and that the situation that singles face um, uh, within what we call what we're calling just say for now for want of a better term the singles crisis uh, is symptomatic of many 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 complex uh, dynamics in our community, and it all comes to the fore, you know, most acutely, of course, in terms of marriage, because it's sort of like the vortex of of everything within our community in terms of uh, our goals, in terms of um, how it frustrates attitudes, uh, perceptions, education, upbringing, polarization. And I think it's also no surprise that right now, uh, you know, the community faces uh, a number of, uh, of exceptional challenges. One of them is divorce, the, the, the phenomenal increase in divorce. And I think it's no surprise that while we have a singles crisis, we also have a divorce crisis. So I think that the, uh, the situation that the singles face, that many singles face, I, I I almost see them as victims in a way, because they are victims of, uh, of complex, very complex uh, challenges in our community that for too long have, have, have not been addressed. On the one hand, you know, Baruch Hashem, the community has grown in, in leaps and bounds uh, in terms of numbers. But um, 
At the same time, there are many, many challenges in the community, which again, from my perspective, uh, most acutely manifest, manifest themselves in problems uh, as we see within the dating world. I think the, the divorce point is very interesting and something that we're definitely going to come back to. Uh, Mindy, Mindy Eisenman from Why You Connects. Hi, thank you. It's so nice when you go last, you can listen to uh, what everyone says. I happen to agree with everyone is talking about. Uh, we don't like to think of it as a crisis. We like to think of it as a challenge and something that has really always existed. You know, it's the kind of thing that everyone's responsible for and everyone can be helpful. Um, I know that it used to be that men felt comfortable at any kind of at any kind of event, walking over and just introducing themselves and asking a girl out. And today, in the swim world, it's not considered okay. Uh, the guy feels uncomfortable doing it, and the girl will think something is wrong if the guy does it. And I think that also makes it more challenging for people that are wondering where are they going to get a date. They just can't approach someone by themselves. I think that's a very interesting point, and I think that all of this we're definitely going to come to. Um, but one thing I wanted to pick up on, which I was going to bring up later, but I think now is just as good a time as any, is something that Derek had brought up, uh, is the divorce rate. The divorce rate within the Jewish community is, is skyrocketing. Um, and I think the perspective that the four of you would have as some as people who deal with the singles population would be different than somebody who, let's say, is a divorce attorney or a community person who's dealing with couples who are going through divorce or separation or something else, are we as a community experiencing, or is it part of it, an increase in divorce because there is so much pressure to get married? And Derek, you you brought up the point, so let's, let's start with you. Well, uh, let me just quickly say that I wear many hats, and uh, one of my, my other main hat is that I'm Director of uh, Communications at Ohol Children's Home and Family Services. And we've actually just completed a, a groundbreaking video on the impact of divorce in our community. And it's been a very laborious, uh, a very laborious uh, process, but it's been incredibly um, enlightening. And... Um, the fact of the matter is, as you say, is yes, there has been a very significant increase in divorce within our community. Uh, it's been an increase in divorce across all ages. It's been an increase of people that uh, have, uh, you know, got married and got divorced after a few months. It's been an increase in people that have got uh, divorced after, uh, you know, one or two children. And there's also been a significant increase in the number of divorces of people who have been married for 15, 15 years and so forth. Now, again, you know, I, I don't want to generalize because, you know, in, in all variants of divorce uh, – different age groups, there, there are complexities. Um, and, and, and to bracket all uh, as, as, as being because of X and Y is, is not constructive. But, you know, on the surface on, and superficially, yes, there's been a tremendous increase, uh, you know, in divorce in our community. Um, and, and to be honest, in some way, and again, there's many reasons for this, but, but there's, there's no question that probably one of the elements is, is that we live in a world today where... Um, um, Barriers have broken down and stigma has broken down and uh, people feel more so than yesteryear that if they're in a relationship where they feel, uh, we're not talking about abusive relationships, uh, God forbid, but if they're in a relationship where there's, you know, it's a loveless marriage um, and worse, that they feel that um, they feel empowered, there, there are means out there, there are people out there, there are websites out there and so forth, that they can move on and they're more inclined to, you know, take that, you know, very, very big step maybe in getting a divorce. So given the fact that there are different means out there and so forth, that, that, there's no question that that, uh, that probably does in some way precipitate you know, an increase in divorce. But the underlying reasons for this increase in divorce are very complex, and um, yeah, I feel that's just another discussion. Uh, Mindy? Uh, 
Thank you for asking. I happen to agree that it is very complex, but in the, it used to be that uh, rabbis in general told women, even if it's not a great marriage, stay in it. Um, they were very traditional roles. Uh, women were usually in the house. Today, women are very highly educated, and they feel that they would rather not be in a relationship that is not good, and therefore they're much more apt to get out of it than they were beforehand. Uh, in general, you know, there are so many wonderful things about the world we're in today. Uh, technology, and we have a lot of choices that we never had before. Uh, affluence definitely plays a part in this, and because of all these different choices that we have, so people are not always satisfied with just a nice guy or a nice girl. They have specifics that they're looking for. People are much more complex, for better and for worse. So sometimes people enter into a relationship, and they think they're entering into a relationship with a certain type of person, and then once they're in that relationship, they see something very different. And therefore, because they can, they do get out. And again, we've broken down barriers, and it's not so much a stigma, and uh, but it definitely is a problem. You're listening to The Jewish Reaction right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad. Uh, and today we're having a roundtable discussion where we're talking about the singles, uh, let's call it, situation within the broad Jewish community. Uh, of course, I'm being joined by Rebetz and Judy Steinig of the OU, by Mark Goldman of Soyu at Sinai, Mindy Eisenman of YU Connects, and Derek Saker of JWED. Right now we're talking about um, whether or not the, divorce, the increase in divorce rate within the Jewish community might play a factor uh, in the single situation and that people feel that maybe they need to get married sooner or maybe people feel that the opposite, that maybe they should wait much longer because the divorce rate is so high that they really should take their time and make sure that they're making the right decision uh, for themselves. Uh, Mark? So interesting that what you just said just now. First of all, um, as far as the decision whether or not someone should be getting married later, spend more time dating, uh, one, because obviously the opportunities that exist today that did not exist, you know, a generation ago. I think we're following very much what general society has been happening. You know, typically the statistics are that over 50% of the marriages end in divorce in general society. They were, I guess, ahead of the curve from where, where we are. Unfortunately, we're starting to catch up uh, fairly quickly, but that's true with many trends that exist in general society that the Jewish community quite often ends up following those, those general trends. Um, of course, people are also getting married later in life. That's true with general trend in general society, and now the Jewish community is following that same path. What's interesting that, uh, if you get to go back to, to regular Torah values, um, that one of the first uh, called commandments or uh, general things that happened within uh, the Torah of all, that Hashem went ahead and created Azer Konegdo, a helper for Adam, uh, that, that would go ahead and, and help him. The Azer, the helper, Konegdo, almost the opposite, which sounds a little bit uh, contradictory. How can you get someone that's a helper that's also someone who's an opposite of himself as well? And uh, I, I think that, that talks a lot to maybe the challenges that people feel in, within their dating process. When someone's typically dating, and especially in the secular community where the dating goes on typically for years, uh, what are you looking for when you're starting to date? You're looking for somebody who you enjoy their time with, someone go out to uh, drinks with you, someone go out to a bar with you, someone you spend your time with. It's always focused on themselves. It's focused on, I'm going to try 
to find something that I can enjoy my time over a long period of time and hopefully find the same values within them and, and hopefully find someone who I can spend my life with. That very much changes, though. Uh, that quite often is very hard to make that change, that when someone decides they do want to get married, the change now has to go to the we. And that, uh, the longer you're in the I mode, whether it's in a relationship or you're in the I mode of, of over years within many relationships, that transition then becomes much harder. And that's why at times people say, well, if someone's single in their 40s, 50s, 60s, never been married, it's much more challenging for them to get married. And the reason they've been in that I mode up until that point, and now they're finally trying to switch over into that we mode. And once they, if, if you're successfully able to switch into that we mode and get married, then um, quite often you, you realize that you have a lot of exercising to catch up because that other person hopefully will be a challenge for you and a challenge for you in the, in the respect of um, helping you grow in that positive way. And if you're not growing in that positive way, they will challenge you to, to try to move further. So they're not challenging you for the perspective of uh, trying to push you down, but hopefully they challenge you and saying, how can you become a better person? How can you become better who you are today? And I think a lot of times, uh, one, transitioning over is a, is, a, is a challenge, and two, when somebody is in a marriage and all of a sudden that, that person might be challenging of who they are, uh, quite often since people know there are other opportunities out there and they know that there are many more possibilities where it used to be you date with in your general shtetl and maybe the next town over, now you can get married to someone who is in Australia on the other side of the world, that people are quite often are, are running a lot faster to try to go find something else. So I think that is a challenge and not realizing that sometimes when, uh, when somebody is, is helping you grow, creating that challenge for you in a positive way is a good thing. And that running away at that particular moment instead of growing in who you are um, is something that we're not being trained to. And in society today, it's not something that's looked at as a positive thing. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Eli, if, Eli, if you don't mind, if I just say, I think, I, think it's, I think from my perspective where it's clear that why the challenges among singles and then the increase in divorce should not come as a surprise that there's a, there's a connection is because, uh, you know, when you're looking at the, 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 the problems within the single community and in our community in terms of our expectations and understanding of self, uh, our understanding of marriage, our expectations of marriage, our understanding of happiness, our understanding of what are the most important criteria I should be looking at a soulmate. There are so many, many problems within that that it's no surprise that, you know, when people do tie the knot, that many of those uh, same and underlying issues, you know, manifest themselves within the marriage. They don't just, they don't just disappear. And so, you know, I, I think that therefore, you know, one shouldn't see, one, unfortunately, it's not a complete surprise because, the, the, again, the many of the underlying issues that frustrate and, 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 and uh, that occur within the singles community um, manifest themselves later within a, within a relationship. Robert Steinig? But if that, if that, just, just to add on, on top of that, but if that person is able to um, help you become a kinder, more generous, more loving type of a person, then even if they're challenging you to become that, that's a positive thing. But at times people are focused on that, that, that effort to climb that mountain to become a better person that they say, oh, this must not be right because it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to go, to go to the gym and exercise your muscles. And people realize that, but they do it and they become better because of that. Uh, being in a marriage as, as well um, can help you become better, a better person, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be an, an easy path to be able to do that. Uh, Rabbit and Steinig? 
Now, I think when we're talking about divorce, we can talk about it as both a cause and a result of the single situation. Going first on result, we have so many young people that are absolutely panicked and more panicked than the young people. I see it's their parents. The, the, as I said, you know, they're coming back 18, 19 years old, you know, pushing them into shidduchim, into matchmaking before they're mature. They're pushing them. They, everybody wants to walk down that aisle. And for many, they do. And then they are right into a bezdin for getting way too soon. I mean, it happens way too often. And then on the other hand, of course, as a result, we see too many, as we said, you know, people that have been uh, single for a while. And all they have to do is start seeing a friend, a cousin, a sibling get divorced. And all of a sudden the panic starts and like, whoa, I'm not doing that. And I think all of these things that everybody's seeing of each other, I think, really just lends to the issues, that people are just very, very worried. When you hear that, God forbid, an engagement breaks up and within a chevra, all of a sudden you see the panic on everybody's faces. It's not just, oh, my friend is hurt. It becomes very, very personal to each. Well, it could be me. Maybe it's my relationship. Maybe there's a problem here. And unfortunately, um, you know, I, I think that a lot of people just get panicked and it, it starts off the whole, you know, situation. I mean, it, it's really a, a very interesting uh, situation. I want to move on to something actually that Mindy brought up. Again, something I was going to bring up a little bit later, but we seem to be touching on a number of different topics, but obviously by no surprise. Uh, Mindy had mentioned earlier, uh, Mindy Eisenman from YU Connects, that nowadays sometimes people are, the, the singles themselves are uncomfortable approaching another single and just randomly walking up to them and introducing themselves and, you know, God forbid, even asking somebody out. Um, you know, what? where is that coming from? You know, is that coming from uh, the Orthodox day school world where because we have separate schools and it's frowned upon to have co-ed events in some circles and things like that where the boys and or the girls just haven't done it and don't see it happening and they're uncomfortable with it? Or is it just... Maybe it's the age of technology that we're in, and people just don't talk as much as I used to. You know, I know I used to hear stories all the time of my grandmother. My grandmother met my grandfather, you know, obviously a while ago, a long time ago. Um, but he just walked over to a pretty girl that he saw at a, at a bowling event or at a movie or whatever it was and just asked her out, and it was just as simple as that. Um, you know, is it something that we're doing to ourselves? And, Mindy, you had introduced the, the, the question, so let's start with you. Okay. Um it happens to be that um, you did you did mention that schooling definitely takes you know definitely talks about it. I definitely think that kids are brought up in such a way that they feel that oh it's not it's not appropriate. Um, I think there's also um, the trend today, as you had mentioned, as a teacher, I can tell you. Kids no longer spend their free time talking to the person next to them. As soon as the, you know, I always ask the girls, you know, I'd appreciate if you would, you know, silence your phones. But as soon as there's a break, as soon as the class is over, the phones are out, people are texting, and people are not so comfortable talking to each other face-to-face as they used to be. I know that one of the things that I talk about when I set people up is I ask them to please not text at the beginning of a relationship, that they should, you know, spend more time going out, they should spend more time on the phone, they should not text because people can misread things in a text. Um, So I think that they're not as comfortable as they used to be in terms of meeting each other. Um, And then there's also the issue that people don't have as many 
opportunities to meet each other because they're in different schools or different camps or even just as people get older, they lack opportunities. They're busy at work. They don't have the same time. Um, and therefore, they're not so comfortable in that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. uh, Mark? So I, I think Mindy hit on t two key things. First of all, one is Jewish society as a whole. Uh, it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, what happens to mixed seating at weddings? What happens to the ability to, to see, see if there's a kiddish to be able to walk over to someone at a kiddish, as, as was mentioned you know, 40 years ago, that was a very acceptable thing to do. Um, why is it so wrong to ask somebody out? If that was done, the more, I guess, uh, religious slash right-wing that you go, the more that would be considered, this, this guy must be off the wall. Look what he just did. He went over to actually ask me out, whereas, uh, you know, 40 years ago, that would be a, a very acceptable thing to be able to do. Um, so that's, that's definitely from a society norm within the Jewish society specifically uh, that has become more challenging and more of an issue. Uh, obviously, technology, which is a tremendous blessing to society, also comes with its uh, curses and, and challenges. Um, I mean, texting, instant messaging, as was mentioned, especially at the beginning of a relationship, unfortunately, it's also made it easier to end a relationship. And there have been numerous stories that I've heard where it, that someone might have gone out three or four times and then the girl has texted, you know, had a great time, but not interested in going out any further. Well, that, that makes it much more, uh, it makes it much easier for people not to deal with dif difficult and uncomfortable situations when that can lead to other problems where you're in a relationship that you are enjoying, but now you're not going to know how to deal with those uncomfortable situations because you've always found it easier to text and find the way out, and that's not, that's not going to build the right communication and allow a person to develop the ability to navigate within, the, within, those, within those situations. So um, that definitely uh, has led to challenges. And instant messaging as far as setting up a date, also, these are just basic skills that, um, as technology makes it easier easier for us not to communicate, where you can have 3,000 friends that you haven't spoken to in five years on Facebook, and uh, you actually don't go out and actually speak to them and see them anymore. So that definitely is, is bringing people further apart and uh, has definitely made it more challenging for, for people then to develop a more serious relationship. Rebitz and Steinig? I think going further from what uh, Mark and uh, Mindy just said is that within our religious society, so many people meet through matchmakers. And, of course, we appreciate all of those that happen. And actually, that's how I met and that's how my kids have met, through very uh, informal matchmaking, um, you know, the idea of the old blind date. And while that's wonderful, and I think people should continue to set up their friends and their relatives, some people, though, use matchmakers uh, as a way to become p part of the relationship for quite a long time. There's a thing in certain societies, certain um, aspects of the from world, where the whole thing is, did you drop the matchmaker? Did you drop the shotgun? That's a big relationship uh, boost. And some people are keeping this matchmaker involved uh, the second date, the third date, the fourth date, up until goodness tells how long. And sometimes that, that can be an impediment to, to creating a relationship. It's also very easy. It's either side decides they don't want to be involved anymore. Well, I don't have to call the person. I may have gone out with them 15 times, but oh, I'll just tell the shot and they can break it off, which is a, not a nice way, I think, to end a relationship. I think everybody wants closure. I think it's a more mature way to say after a certain amount of time, you know, I think you're a wonderful person, but I think that we have differences. And when the shot does it, 
you don't have that opportunity, and I think that can sometimes be much more difficult for people. And I think it's, it's one way that relationships do not grow as quickly. And, of course, if you have a shotgun in the middle, this person, he or she, has to rely on someone told me something, and how am I going to relay it? It's the game of telephone, and maybe they don't use exactly the right language, and all these things can sometimes create an issue where there might not have been one. Now, there's no question that that's an issue. You know, myself being, let's say, uh, of the younger generation, um, I, I just turned 30. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, you know, I'm, I'm married. Thank you. <laughs> I'm married for almost five years. But when I w- was dating, I guess I had the good fortune of having only gone out with three girls, and my w- wife was the third girl I had gone out with. But even with the first two, it, there's no question that it's uncomfortable to make that phone call to to break up to end something. Maybe I, I just felt it was the right thing to do, and there's no question it was hard to do. And I remember even, you know, it was 7 o'clock, should I make the call now? It was 8 o'clock, should I make the call now? And I would wait and wait as late as I felt that I can because I was afraid to do it but knew that it had to get done. I think it's a very interesting point. Um, who um, do we not get to? Know? Oh, Derek. Derek, uh, you're next. You. Yeah, hi. So uh, if I could just say I agree with everything that everybody said, um, I, I would say the, the following. I'd say it's, it's not just the fact that there's less physical interaction or the opportunity for less, less physical interaction, which, of course, is very important because that often does lead or certainly did lead in the past to people you know, actually meeting one each other and maybe going out. But it's the absence of that reality. It's the absence of that reality, which I believe denotes this very unnatural environment, an unnatural, sterile environment, which can, which very often yields in very unhealthy, a very unhealthy disposition or a very unhealthy understanding to members of the opposite sex. And I'm not talking here, of course, about you know, uh, healthy having boyfriends and girlfriends. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking just in the ability to to engage in a healthy way um, members of the opposite sex. And I think that the problem, of course, is even more acute for, for, for women. You know, it's, it's women who are traditionally in our world, in our from world, who play second fiddle, who have to wait for someone else to make a recommendation and so forth. So it, it's compounded for them. And actually, one of the interesting uh, statistics on, on Frimstone, JWED, is that over um, 65% of the marriages are initiated by women. Now, um, what I mean by that is because it's a direct model where singles contact each other directly, women take the lead. They take the initiative. They feel they've got nothing to lose. It's a destigmatized environment. And they'll make the initiative where offline they find it very uncomfortable, or society certainly would find it very uncomfortable. But when they find themselves in a, in a closed and a protective environment and they feel they've got nothing to lose, on the contrary, only something to gain, they take the initiative. And that's across Hushkafas, whether it's you know, more yeshivish to, to more modern orthodox. So I think that the, the, the problem, again, is not only the absence of, 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 the, of these opportunities where, where, where singles can meet, but the fact that the absence of this reality nurtures a very unhealthy situation, a very unhealthy dispositions for singles in, in naturally being able to engage members of the opposite sex. You're listening to The Jewish Reaction right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad, and I'm being joined by a panel of singles experts talking about the single situation within the broad Jewish community. We have Derek Saker, who is the founder and co-partner of JWED. We have Judy Steinig, Rebetzin Judy Steinig, who is the Associate Director of Community Services at the OU and the Rebetzin at the Young Israel of Bayside. We have Mindy Eisenman, who is uh, the who is a relationship specialist. Is that right, Mindy? Uh, sh- 
I guess you could call me that. All right, great. But from <laughs> from YU Connects and Mark Goldman, the founder of Soyu at Sinai. Um, D- Derek, I want to start with you because you, you had touched on this, as did Mark, uh, beforehand. I want to talk about maybe the, the difficulties and help that technology gives us. But at the same time, does technology hurt us? And I know we had mentioned it, but the thought that came to me was, you know, maybe 50, 60 years ago before the Internet, before the technology boom, uh, you were really more limited in who you were going to, to marry. You know, for a lot of people, it was likely, and again, of course, I'm generalizing, but it's not for everybody, but I think it is a generalization that it was likely that you were going to marry somebody within your own, let's say, Dalit Amos, within your own community or your own geographic area, whereas nowadays, you know, someone had mentioned it, um, you know, because of websites like YUConnect and JWED and Soyo Atsana, it's very possible to have somebody from Australia marrying somebody from Los Angeles. And uh, d- does that, the added pool of singles to draw from, is that something that could be making it more difficult? I'm curious. Derek? So uh, let me say this. I think that there's, there is one dimension, but I would argue that, um, you know, when you talk about an yesteryear, you're right that, uh, you know, someone who uh, grew up in Idaho, Nebraska was going to marry someone from Idaho, Nebraska. Um, you're right. But I would say that also one, one tends to forget, of course, that in that world, it was a much less polarized community. It was a much more tolerant community. It was a community where um, uh, a, a girl, guy, didn't have a shitter resume of 14 pages. It was a world where, you know, you're a good person, you're a Yerushalayim person, you get married, you get married to someone. Today, we live in a dating world where there are so many criteria. There are lists that go on, you know, forever. And that creates this problem where, the, where uh, as large as the pool is, it's diminished. Because you know what? She can't marry someone like this. She can't marry like this. And he can't marry someone because he, because he needs to because, 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 because there's a whole list of all the different criteria. So I, I, think, I think that is the, there's no question that is one element. But I would say that overriding all this is the fact that the communities have changed profoundly. The attitudes towards marriage, the nature of marriage, the criteria of marriage, uh, what I want in a, in, a, in a son-in-law, what I want in a daughter-in-law. I think that those overriding changes um, have, have, have impacted the, the singles. And, and so from our perspective, in terms of the, the, the larger pool, you know, we believe it can only help. It can only help, uh, you know, any, any single, whether they're from, from birth or Balachuva. But, you know, obviously, for instance, many Balachuva who come from uh, smaller communities, uh, they become from maybe in Eretz Israel or otherwise they go back to their community. It's a very small pool. It's a very small pool. And... Um, Websites like Soyet, Sana, and Jay, we you know, tremendously help in that respect. And uh, at the same time, also, people have uh, different attitudes. Some people who come from New York City are looking particularly for an out-of-towner because they know that the out-of-towner has a, has a certain certain values uh, that they feel that they are not nurtured, say, you know, within the city and so forth. So I, I think that uh, I think I, uh, the, the question of a larger pool, um, you know, is, is no question is, a, is it can be a, a factor that can work against it in some ways, just like we understand uh, uh, some of the problems on the Upper West Side. But at the same time, I think that uh, given the how the, the dating world and the Jewish world has profoundly, film world has profoundly changed uh, in terms of you know how one dates, who one dates, criteria of dating, that that uh, that, that that that's why there is such a need for for more people. Mm-hmm. Robertson Steinig? 
well, I certainly won't say that, that the um, all of our different websites that are represented here do wonderful, wonderful, amazing things for singles, and certainly have been very successful. Uh, not, I'm not talking about necessarily the websites, but the, when we talk about the large pool. I do have concerns about it because I think that some singles are very overwhelmed, particularly young men, by the fact that everywhere they go, not just from websites, everywhere they go, somebody has five, ten women, people. I, this, I hear this from young guys all the time. While the young, while the young women are plotting to get a date, anywhere a decent guy goes, somebody has. One girl, five girls, and and I I think that it's very overwhelming to have all of these choices. Where do they start? What are they looking for? I think it's also way over empowering to many of them, and I think that just sometimes the idea of so many, if they had a couple of girls, sometimes those who live in a small town where there aren't that many choices, sometimes that's actually a better thing. If you know that person well, if you grew up with them, it might be going back to basics. Of an easier way to date, people come to the big city, but they're not necessarily successful here. It's just too much going on, and I think that is one of the reasons why we have so many issues. That there are just so many people, so many people to keep track of, and it's it's just overwhelming to all involved. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's very interesting. Um, let's see, uh, Mindy Eisenman from Why You Connects, please. So it happens to be that one of the beautiful things about the websites is that you can have people dating from different places. I happen to know of two couples specifically on our website. One is, let's say, from Florida and, and the other one is from New York, or one is from Canada and the other one's from Boston, that they never would have met if it wasn't for the website. And they're very close to getting engaged, both of them, and working out, you know, who's moving and how they're going to uh, work that out. They had many Skype dates. And people are very open to that, which, of course, is a wonderful thing about technology. Um, and it happens to be also, I don't know if everyone's aware, but on the website, you can make your, you can limit your pool and choices, and you can limit it based on your setting. You can get a lot of matches, but you don't have to if you don't want to. Um, and, and many people choose not to, and this way they can focus on what they're giving. Um, I think that the... I would like to go back to something that Derek had mentioned, which I think is so true. I happen to teach a course on relationships as part of one of the things that I do at Stern College, um, and I find that he's right. People today used to be, you just wanted to marry a nice Jewish girl or a nice Jewish guy, but people do have these long lists of what they think will make them happy, um, as opposed to thinking how they can make someone else happy, how they can give in the relationship. Uh, recently, there was an article published uh, I think, uh, I'm not sure which magazine it was in, about what really counts. And it's connecting to someone else and really feeling the connection. I think it's important, again, to learn how to connect to people and what really matters. I always tell people, sure, you could search for anything you want, but, you know, is someone with blue eyes really going to make a better husband or a better wife? You know, let's talk about what really counts and, you know, who's going to get up in the middle of the night with the baby. <laughs> so, um you know, these are all issues that definitely impact, you know, the challenges that are affecting singles today. Thank you, Mindy. Mark? So it's it's really interesting because 
Um, again, societal norms is unfortunately uh, dictating a lot here. If you go online and do a Google search, within a second you're getting, you know, a thousand results that you can quickly look up. If you go on Amazon, you quickly get all the possibilities of what you can purchase. So people are being inundated with tremendous amounts of choices in all areas of their life today, and that is becoming the norm. And therefore, people want to have the ability of choice. But um, there's a, actually a psychologist, Barry Schwartz, who wrote a book back in 2004, which is 10 years ago before this choice, I think it became overwhelming, but it's even more true today. He wrote the book, The Paradox of Choice, Why More is Less. And sometimes actually having more choice will put somebody in a mode of paralysis where they don't know which choice they actually should make because they have too many choices and it becomes overwhelming. One of the things that we actually try to do online today is create that balance of choice versus focus. And what I mean by that is for a matchmaker, the larger the pool they have to choose from to find maybe a good idea for a single is a very positive thing because hopefully they are filtering it out and, and finding the best possible ideas. And that's, uh, that's, that's the theory and, and one of the things that uh, hopefully Silly with Sinai and Why You Connect is able to deliver through the matchmaker kind of approach. Um, but if singles are, or, or people that are looking for somebody have too many choices in front of them, quite often they're looking then, okay, what's the next page? What's the next page? What's the next idea? Um, you know, if someone has 10 ideas on a piece of paper that their friends gave to them and they're gathering all these names, it's almost a paralysis. They don't know who to choose. So by having too many opportunities, by if anyone has ever stepped outside of Oave Sedek on a, on a Friday night and there are a pool of 400 people outside, that's not, over, over, not only overwhelming just from a visual perspective, but it's also overwhelming for even to be able to focus on anyone there. And the stories that people have of looking over their shoulder at the next person, uh, about how that was rude that someone did that, that is just an example of what happens offline. And hopefully online, what we try to do, the matchmaker is the one that filters that. And then they hopefully uh, will suggest just specific ideas, and they'll keep giving ideas because at the end of the day, it's up to the person to decide who is best for them. But you have to balance that ability to give someone choice with also the fact that too many choices can lead to le definitely less than optimal results and also into, again, a paralysis stage of not being able to make a good decision because you have too many uh, choices to choose from. You're listening to the Jewish Reaction right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union. My name is Eli Hagler, I'm the Associate Director uh, of Yachad. We only have just a couple of minutes left uh, in this show, but of course, as everyone knows, we're making this is a two-part series, so of course you can catch uh, the second half of the show uh, coming up a week from today, next Tuesday morning, uh, right here at NachumSiegel.com. You can, of course, download the app, available both for the iPhone and the Android, or you can listen online at NachumSiegel.com. If you're in listening now and you have questions for either myself or any of our panelists, please feel free to email me at Eli, E-L-I, at NachumSiegel.com, and I will try my best to put you in touch uh, with the person that you need to. Of course, you can listen to us next Tuesday at 9 a.m., immediately following Nachum on J.M. in the a.m., uh, on Tuesday morning. Uh, we only have um, j really just about two minutes left uh, before we have to end this segment, um, but I just wanted to come back to something, and I'm going to ask the panelists to answer quickly if we can, because of course we can continue uh, the next week. Uh, another point that was, that was brought up um, is the, uh, the, the reality that it's, not the reality, I shouldn't, that, that it seems that it's tougher or more difficult on the girl than it is on the boy, meaning that the girl uh, doesn't have, let's say, a list, whereas if you, you know, call any guy, he's like, oh, well, okay, I can add your girl to my list, but she's going to be towards the bottom because I haven't gotten to it. 
Um, you know, I know for myself, when I decided, whatever that means, that I was going to start dating, I had a bunch of girls that people were calling me about that I was able to, whereas I have a twin sister who just got married last year um, who didn't have as long a list. And is that something that you're dealing with as a reality on your sites and in your programs where it seems that you have more women than men who are actively looking or you have more women than men that are looking um, to find because they feel that maybe there are more women in the pool and there are more women looking uh, than men? Um, let's uh, Mark, just finish. Let's continue with Mark. Um, so as far as, I guess, overall statistics, so they're, they're about, again, give or take one or two percent, they're about the same number of men and women that are born every year. And uh, so as far as the number of people that should be looking, um, they should, in fact, be uh, pretty, pretty close to the same thing. But there are some societal norms that are, in fact, I guess, changing that, that uh, it definitely appears that overall there are more women uh, choosing than, than men. And a couple of those, first of all, is the is a idea of the age gap, which is a, a popular theory today, that if, if every year there are 5% uh, more people that are born than the previous year, and on typ- a typical uh, male will marry someone who's five years younger, then you're always going to have a certain percentage of uh, females that are left without somebody if the average is, is always five years earlier. And the idea would be, okay, close that gap, and all of a sudden you'll see that the ratio is more one-to-one. I think that, that's definitely a contributing factor overall to, to what's going on within society. The other, I think, uh, one that, uh, that I have seen, and I have worked with a lot of key organizations over the years, and one thing I have seen that's not really publicized a lot but affects, uh, I think, the, the statistics of the number of available women as someone gets older is uh, it's, there are many, many more women that are becoming religious than men. And what that means is you're introducing a much larger pool of women into the uh, pool of uh, overall as someone gets older. And there are many, many more men who become less religious over the years than women and happen earlier. So that twofold factor is something that's not focused on. It's definitely not a sexy thing to focus on. But I have seen it in very, very large numbers that um, the number of women that are getting religious far, far outnumber the number of men that, that, that are getting religious. And that's a very positive thing that we're getting, I guess, more people involved. If it's a way to balance that, I think that would also be a very positive thing. But I think that is c- contributing to it in a way that people, no one, no one actually expected. And again, the opposite trend is also true, where th- both with my friends I saw personally and overall, um, we see that uh, men are much quicker to become less religious than, than women. And there is an idea that uh, uh, women have a more spiritual, I guess, nature than men. And maybe that's why both of these are happening uh, where more are getting more religious and uh, unfortunately many men are becoming less religious but I think those are definitely contributing factors to uh, to seeing an imbalance especially as women get a little bit older um, why they're seeing that and maybe it's not as common if someone's getting married at 18 or 19 that balance is much more there because there there isn't that age gap and also there's not an opportunity that a lot of people have become more religious Wow, I never thought of that, it's really fascinating uh, Derek? Yeah, I, I, I concur with everything uh, Mark said. It was very insightful. Um, I mean, a few points. Basically, as I mentioned earlier, um, one of the uh, startling uh, statistics or realities on JWIT is, again, that over 65% of the marriages are initiated by women. And that, again, I think is symptomatic of the offline dating world where women have to play a second fiddle, wait for someone else to make a recommendation and so forth. And so uh, they, they, they feel empowered. But there, there's no question that, you know, for women, it, it's that much 
much more difficult, and particularly, obviously, as they get older. Obviously, women have to also worrying about their uh, biological clock. So there's, there's, there's no question that for, for women it's much more, much more of a challenge. Having said that, of course, there are many, uh, there are many, uh, many challenges that, that single guys face. And uh, you know, actually, the, just the Shabbos, uh, there was two single guys at the table, and uh, one of them, and I'm going to give this example, but this example raises a whole Pandora's box. It's a very complex issue, but just by example. Uh, he is uh, th- he's 32 years old, uh, seems like a very decent guy, he has a very good job, uh, good-looking. Uh, he comes from a from from home, from, from birth, uh, why you graduate. Um, and he was explaining that one of the major problems he has is that, uh, uh, you know, he would define himself, I guess, as center, modern orthodox uh, center, center-right, is that many of the girls who he um, engages in um, are, are very, a lot of them are also by the Chiva, and they don't. Uh, they're looking for someone you know more to the right of him, as it were. They they don't understand. They can't conceptualize that you know his his knowledge base of halacha and so forth is 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 is, is incredible. And yet, because maybe he doesn't wear a black hat or uh, he never went to X and Y yeshiva, that uh, for many of the girls, their perception or understanding of someone who is from a Yerush uh, you know, uh, has to meet these certain criteria. And so even though he is all that and much, much more, he's, he's dismissed by many women because they, you know, they, think, they think of him as too modern. But that's a whole different issue. But again, I concur with what Mark said and that, uh, um, you know, it's, it's a challenge, especially for women. Robinson Stein. I just want to add on, Ellie, if it's okay, just this one point that, that, Eric, that Derek mentioned, although it was a little bit off the immediate question, that that problem of a religious focus uh, even exists even more right you go, that there were, I had the opportunity to speak with a lot of different people from many different backgrounds, and there was a uh, nice, nice guy who was in his 40s and not, not married yet, and um, he did not have the ability to sit and learn all day. And one of the things that I had seen was that quite often, especially within the Haredi community, um, because as you said, they go more more to the right religiously, within the Haredi community, it's it's looked at, ah, you want a full-time learner when you're younger. Well, one, some people are not cut out for that, but they're amazing, amazing individuals. So people are being cut out just because they don't fit that exact criteria, that list, as Judy mentioned earlier, uh, but they're actually an amazing person. And secondarily, by the way, uh, obviously they also can bring a great, great parnasa or better parnasa to the table over time than someone who um, is just sitting and learning all day, and that's being discounted significantly and not being counted as a, as a positive that they've realized where their benefits might be to a marriage, and they're able to do that, it's being completely discounted. So there definitely are challenges for men as well, no matter where the religious spectrum might be. You might say, oh, it gets better as you go more right-wing. No, even as you go more right-wing, people are still in that, that challenging situation. They don't fit the exact box. They don't fit the exact criteria because their, their, uh, their, their positives might not be exactly what the box actually dictates. And we'll, uh, we'll wind down uh, with Mindy. Hi. Uh, I happen to be a very big advocate for women, having taught women my whole life. Um, and I always tell people that if you have an idea for someone, if you know the girl personally, make a phone call. Just Don't just send her information through email or through a website. Um, it's very important to make that connection, and then people feel, oh, wow, she really knows her. She really thinks this is a good idea um, because girls are great. Um, and while on one hand they are very spiritual, as Mark had mentioned, that is an issue that they, they really stay 
religious as the years go on. I also find that women become very highly educated uh, if they don't get married when they're younger, so then they go back for more degrees. And I find that men are more stagnant. They're not necessarily as ambitious. Um, and this is a, a challenge that faces them as well, not just the religious aspect, but also the educational aspect. Um, they do start younger, so there is a larger pool of women. Um, but having had a son that did not get married right away, he feels that uh, that single men face challenges as well. Um, it's very hard to live up to the ideal of what women want. You know, women, you know, it's not as hard to be a, a great girl and for a guy to sit and learn umpteen hours and also bring home money and, you know, from a good job and also go to Minion three times a day. There's a lot more pressure to be a good guy. Um, so there is that challenge. Absolutely. I think it's very interesting. Robinson signing, only about 30 seconds left. Yeah, I would say that uh, the challenges are certainly on both ends. And I thought, Mindy, you made a very good comment when you spoke about making that phone call. But I would say, as the mother of, of boys and girls and people that are looking for matches, that when, you're, when a person is making the phone call, have a reason why you're making that, that, that setup. Too many boys feel that the minute somebody meets a boy, ah, oh, I have a girl for you. It's just, it, and they're just trying to plug somebody in for that girl without a good reason. People need to have a specific reason. Why do you see that this is a a good match? Something that the professional matchmakers, the ones on the sites, I don't think is such an issue. But your regular lay person, make the matches, but have good reasons to do it. I think that's very interesting. I want to thank all of our panelists for joining us. Of course, we have Derek Saker from JWED. We have Mindy Eisenman from Why You Connects. Mark Goldman from Soyuetsane, I remember it's in Judy Steinig uh, from the Orthodox Union. Of course, you can catch us. Uh, part two of this conversation is going to take place next Tuesday morning. Uh, it's going to be at 9 o'clock immediately following Nachman J.M. and the AIM. I want to thank all of our panelists. Uh, you can listen to us every week right here on the Jewish Reaction, presented by the OU, right here at NachumSiegel.com. I was driving up the turnpike to New York And my 67 Buick had seen better days With my hat and jacket tossed upon the back seat And a safer on the dashboard that would look real fine Cause the Shadchan said this time it would be different I'd heard those words so many times before But the family's nice Oh, believe me, this one's special It said all right, but only just once more I could hear the awkward words that would soon be said When we met one another for the first time and the feeling would be there that when we walked outside Of hopeful eyes a-staring from the window The man inside the toll booth said, oh, it's you again I felt like turning back right then and there And as I crossed the bridge, I wondered what we'd do A lounge, a walk, or maybe just the living room Cause the Shadchan said This time it would be different 
I'd heard those words so many times before. But the family's nice. Oh, believe me, this one's special. I said all right, but only just once more. I wondered what the problems would be this time. Which one would say it was not meant to be? And the nagging thoughts would start to cross my mind. Would I ever find the one that's right for me? And in the morning, I would have to talk to mom and dad, tell them what went wrong. But that don't get me scared. It's that shadchan calling up and saying one more time. I've got another one. I'm sure it's Bashet. Cause I got my wife and seven kids.